Orange County. Are you ready? It's time. For the best damn radio show in all of Orange County. What's it called? The OC Show! Right here, right now, on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, Cameron Jackson sits behind this microphone of truth. Telling you what really goes on in Orange County politics. And as you know, there are three things that you can count on. Expensive lattes. Expensive SUVs. And Cameron Jackson. Here every Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. Saving you and warning you about the evils of Larry Agron and Beth Crom and Michael Schroeder. Just like the sun shines 354 days of the year, join me and together we'll kick some rear end. baby welcome to the show i am cameron jackson this is the oc show right here on kuci 88.9 fm in irvine happy to be here once again every friday from 5 to 6 p.m how's everybody doing out there i am well i am very very good today i've got an excellent show for you once again last week on the show if you remember irvine city councilwoman christina shea was in studio with me you can go to my blog now theocshow.net that is theocshow.net and you can listen to that show where we talk about the uh financial mess of the great park and the little uh, ponzi scheme if you want to call it that over there shell game however it was there's a lot going on in that interview you definitely want to listen to that one this week on the show i have another great guest but before we get to my guest a couple of house cleaning things here in studio one if you are just joining us and you want to continue listening once you get outside of your car if you happen to be in your jail cell in the office wherever you're going wherever you might be you can go to KUCI.org click in the upper right hand corner and get your streaming audio there also like I said earlier you can go to my website theocshow.net and you can listen to past shows see what the upcoming shows are not next week but I think the week after I'll post it when I know for sure because he's penciled in at this correct moment uh, John Morlock, who's a supervisor, will be in studio either next week or the week after. I think it's the week after uh, to talk about a lot of the pension uh, issues that are going on here in Orange County. And if you remember, he's been fighting the pension system here in Orange County, trying to reduce the uh, uh, benefits that were given to people like fire and police. And he'll be talking about where that is at and, of course, the state of the county and all those good things. So... Uh, without further ado, my guest today is uh, a gentleman who is taking on the task of running for Irvine City Council. He is hoping to replace the seat that has been vacated or will be vacated by uh, termed out, uh, uh, I guess you could call her incumbent, but not anymore, but she's Christina Shea. She's termed out of this seat. Uh, his name is Jeff Lowaway. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing great, Cameron. How are you? I'm good. I'm happy to have you in studio here. It's uh, it's uh, seems to be that I always get the candidates here uh, who are running for Irvine. Last time it was Todd Gallinger. He was the uh, puppet candidate for uh, Larry Agron. We had a good time. I'm sure he did. Maybe not. We don't know. Um, but you are not a puppet candidate, as far as I can tell. You are actually the real deal. Am I, I, I hope so. You hope so. Good. Me too. Um, so, Jeff, uh, introduce yourself. Where are you from? Are you Irvine resident? What do you do? Give us kind of who you are, and, and, and we'll get into the nitty-gritty stuff later. Sure. Uh, I grew up 
down in New Jersey. Uh, went to public schools down there. Uh, went to Rutgers for undergrad. Went to Villanova for law school. Worked at the U.S. Attorney for a little while. Uh, worked in private What did you do practice. with the U.S. Attorney? Uh, interestingly enough, we worked on some government corruption cases and some mafia cases. We have some mafia back in the East Coast, so... Uh, we worked on some of those cases. You, 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 you know, we actually have mafia here, too. It's just not reported on very much. I, I can't comment on that. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> and you're an Irvine resident now? Sure. How long have you been here in Irvine? Uh, almost eight years. Eight years? Yes. Wow. Okay, so yes. you're not a carpetbagger like uh, Todd Gallinger was a carpetbagger. I always no, like no. to bag on carpet on uh, Todd Gallinger because he was such a carpetbagger. Um so you're not a carpetbagger by any stretch of the imagination. No, we moved here, and we're staying here. And... Um, You've got kids? I do. I have two little girls, uh, Reagan, age six, about to turn seven, and Sydney, uh, she's about to turn three. Oh, my goodness. So I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old, too. So we have something in common there, we although do. I think you are a bit older than me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll check birth certificates later. <laughs> and, and something interesting, I people know this on the show, I, I am an avid cyclist, and apparently you are even more of an avid cyclist than I am. Used to be. Used to be. <laughs> you are a Category 1 cyclist. Category 1, if people don't know what a Category... Category 1 is like one step down from like a European level racing isn't that right i mean as well, far as I, I achieved, abilities i achieved it at a later age so i i would never been at that cap at that level unless i'd done it when i was 20 uh but yeah i ran in college i ran track in college so some of that you know endurance ability stayed with me through the later years okay so uh, what's your what's your uh, vo2 max on your wattage what's that at? uh it hasn't been checked for a long long okay, time what, what it, was was it? it was in the low 70s Low, oh, for, no, but your wattage, though. Oh, my wattage. Well, I, I could put out 350 for an hour or so. Ah, all right, all right. So, see, <laughs> Long time ago, Karen. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm hoping to get there soon. Uh, but, it take, you know, riding a bike, it takes a while. I, I absolutely loved it. I did it to lose weight, and uh, as I lost more weight, I got better. And as I got better, I wanted to lose more weight, and I just kept getting you know, achieving uh, better categories and winning races. All right. Well, nobody's in the studio right now, but I, I, what the hell happened, huh? <laughs> Did you have to start working for a living or thanks something? A lot. No. I kept eating the same way, but I wasn't working out like I was. So thanks a lot. That's okay. That's okay. All right. So, you know, um, you're also on, you, you've got some experience with uh, Irvine City politics uh, and the way that Irvine City runs. You're currently on the finance committee. That's correct. What is the Finance Committee? Uh, the Finance Commission is... Oh, sorry, uh, Commission. That's okay. Uh, I'm the Vice Chairman of the Finance Commission, and we are the group that oversees all of the city's finances. We're a, uh, it's not binding any of our decisions, but we, are, uh, we, we advise the council. We, we can hear uh, with regard to anything, with the budget or any kind of financial issue that might come up to, before the city. So we review the city's budget and any expenditures uh, that, or, or, or income items uh, that the city might be uh, looking at. Now, how long have you been on the commission? About a year and a half. And how did you get on to the commission? Uh, Christina Shea appointed me. So do, do the council members then, do they get to appoint, uh, do, does each council, how many people are on the commission? Let's put it that Five. way. Five. So each council member gets a person. Yes, exactly. All right. And so uh, who are the others? Are they... Are they Anybody that we would know? Uh, John Duong is uh, Stephen Choi's appointee, and John ran for mayor in 2006 against Beth Crom. Uh, there's a couple of the people. Don Dressler's been on there for years and years. He's tremendous experience. I believe he's Beth Crom's appointee at this time, but he's been there for years, so he's tremendous experience, and he does a very good job. He's the chairman of the commission. And what, uh, you know, let's get into the, well, let's hold that thought. Let's, let's just hold that thought. Uh, and we'll come back to that one in a bit. Let's talk now about your uh, why now. Why are you running for Irvine City Council? What's kind of stirred you into motion to do that? Um, I woke up in, so to speak, politically in November of 2008. Uh, I have two little girls, and as you know, when you get a, when you get children, you have children, you 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 have a different stake in your community. And I realized that uh, for the first time in my life, I could proudly say that my federal government, my state government, my local government w were broken. And, you know, people, I, I used to, it's interesting, I, I used to actually work the attorney's office. And my office was right down, was upstairs from Liberty Bell and from Independence Hall down in Philadelphia. And generations of Americans have died and sacrificed 
for us to be able to sit here today and talk on, on this radio show. And I feel because I have little girls that I needed to do something to fix my community and to fix my world. And uh, my community is, is broken, frankly. There's a number of things that are wrong, as you know, and you've done a great job pointing them out over the years. Uh, and I want to do something. I want to make it a better place for my little girls to grow up. And I want to give a better country than my, to my girls than my parents gave to me. So uh, I, I see the call to action there. Um, what, what is it that you see? Uh, and if you're just joining us, my guest today is Jeff Lalloway. He is an attorney here in Irvine, uh, Irvine resident for the last eight years, who is going to be running for Irvine or is running for Irvine City Council. Um, this is the OC Show right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Jeff, wh- I see why you uh, are kind of moved into action. I think a lot of us are moved into action for the same reasons. We see a broken government. But what is it specifically about Irvine that, that you see is troubling? Well, I, I, for years, I guess for six years now, this, this city's been uh, governed by a majority uh, of folks who I, I disagree with strongly, their policies and their uh, moral application of how government is to be applied. Um, and this is a wonderful city, a fantastic place, and I want to keep it that way. Um, and I, I don't like the direction that my city's going on a number, on, on a number of avenues. Well, can you give us some specifics? Of where I don't like the city going? Yeah. Uh, well, one thing is the schools are deteriorating. Uh, the schools are operating under a $20 million uh, budget deficit. The Irvine Unified School District is one of the finest in the country. Um, and it's what keeps our, it's one of the items that keeps our city great, uh, along with our, our safe streets. And I don't want to see our schools deteriorate. So I want to work uh, more in a partnership with the schools than in a contentious relationship that I would suggest has been the situation for the last few years. How, for, how is it contentious? Well, for example, last year uh, the city council majority decided to sue the uh, school district over uh, the building of the new stadium at university. I don't think the city uh, spending approximately $75,000 on that litigation is a good idea. I don't think that's a partner. I don't think... I don't think uh, government entities spending money suing each other benefits the residents of the city. So uh, that wasn't a good lawsuit in my in my uh, opinion. What are you? I mean, because uh, I mean, for me uh, as an Irvine citizen, the the list actually is is quite long. I mean, we've got things like the free eye shuttle. What in <laughs> what in God's name are we doing with a free eye shuttle? Why do we have an eye shuttle when we already have? OCTA providing us bus service. Uh, I, yeah, I've been a big critic of the iShuttle uh, for several years now. It, it is a waste of money. The, uh, the city spends about $2 million a year uh, on the iShuttle, and that's on non-residents. The people that ride the iShuttle don't live in Irvine. Uh, and we actually did a, a, a study, and based on the city's numbers, the city's own uh, numbers of who actually, how many people ride the iShuttle, it's about $700 per month per rider uh, to keep the iShuttle going, which is, you know, you could, you could, you could buy them all a, a nice Prius and, uh, you know, insurance and probably buy them lunch for, a, for most of the month and still make out better on that deal than having the iShuttle go. So it is a tremendous waste of money. And is one of the first things that I, I think needs to be cut. What else? I mean, what else are you seeing? I mean, I remember at one point, and I can't remember if it was Choi, Stephen Choi, who's a council member now who was in here talking about it, or if it was Christina, but that we have in the city uh, people who will come to your house and help you fill out insurance forms if you're elderly. Uh, again, why are we doing this in the city? I don't understand what the purpose of this is for, especially in a, a community that is as affluent as Irvine. Why are we spending money on this? Well, it's the philosophy of the folks that are in charge. Uh, they believe that we're all kind of helpless uh, and need the government to help us live our everyday lives, and they want to be that that nanny. They believe in a nanny state. I, I think folks should be more self, self-responsible self and take charge of their own life. And I, I think I, w- I want to give them back their freedom, frankly. But that means sometimes letting government go. And that's a, that's a great example of, of letting government go, not, not uh, you know, taking control of their entire lives. Do you, you know, you're going up against uh, the Agrim machine. Um, and 
you're, I, I know this is a nonpartisan city as far as that's concerned, but clearly uh, <laughs> Beth and Larry uh, are Democrats, and I'm, I'm assuming that the mayor, Suki Kang, is also a Democrat. Uh, and clearly Christina and Stephen are Republicans, and you yourself are a Republican. Am I, am I correct in Absolutely. saying that? Yeah. And, um, and so the Republican Party here in Orange County has a, has a, a, a great tendency to kind of let Irvine flail around here, and they don't pay much attention to it. And that has made it very difficult for people like Christina uh, and Stephen to run for re-election against the Larry Agron juggernaut. Um, what are you doing? How do you see yourself uh, positioning yourself to kind of get around that juggernaut? Because it's it's formidable. They're going to come at you with everything they can, uh, and they've got a million dollars to do it with. The, this, the, the Republican Party of Orange County, in all respects, is is could dominate the Agron machine. Uh, we need to pull together all the groups, and I'm trying to do that. And so far, I've been quite successful at that. Uh, I'm uh, on the board of directors of the Lincoln Club of Orange County, which is a pro-business, low-tax, personal freedoms group uh, of, of business folks who want to uh, help this city. Uh, I've also just been uh, endorsed, early endorsements, by, early endorsed by the uh, Orange County uh, Republican Party. So I'm trying to pull together all the Republican groups as opposed to, you know, just individual folks trying to come and help me. I want to bring together all the Republicans to go against the Agri machine. You know, you bring up the Lincoln uh, Club and the Republican uh, uh, Party. You know, they don't have a sterling reputation, uh, either one of those groups, in my opinion. I mean, they... they I'll change uh, that for you. <laughs> well, you know, that's the kind of follow-up question I have to that, because... Uh, one of the things in the show, I, I am a Republican, I'm a conservative, but they have failed us on so many occasions in this county, putting up the likes of people like Mike Corona and standing behind people like Mike Corona, uh, letting Michael Schroeder run the party into the ground, and letting people like um, uh, you know Scott Baugh, who I think is very responsible for running this party into the ground here in Orange County, and you've got people like Dana Rohrbacher and... Um, uh, who else? Todd Spitzer. I mean, all uh, Tony Rakakis. We're not talking about real stellar people here. W you know, uh, how is it that we know then that you're going to come in and 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 do uh, uh, do things right in Irvine? That you're going to be ethical, forthright, and you're not going to get and you're not going to succumb as so many politicians these days have succumbed to the um, corrupt practices that we're seeing now here in Irvine and all over the United States, not just in Orange County either. No, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. It's a fair question. I, I, uh, I'm in this for the movement. I'm in this to do the right thing. I'm not in this for personal self-aggrandizement. I don't really care. Frankly, I really never wanted to be a city councilman. I never want to be any level of government. Uh, it's a hard thing to run. It's a hard thing to take the heat from all sides. You know, you make a decision, you make a a judgment on something and you're going to make someone angry somewhere um but i th it's the right thing for me to do and if good folks like me and you don't step forward and do things like this then we only have ourselves to blame if our government goes to pot i'm in this to do the right thing i want to see a transparency and accountability I i'm one great example of of hopefully my integrity Last year, Cirque du Soleil appeared at the Great Park, mm, yes. and Christina was given, as I believe many politicians in Orange County, but specifically I know that the city council were all given free tickets to uh, a show of, the, of Cirque du Soleil. Christina got tickets, and she asked me to go with her to see the show, and Christina and I uh, did not accept the free tickets. We sent a check in to Cirque du Soleil, and Cirque du Soleil to this day doesn't know what to do with our checks. You know, they, they keep calling me and saying, Where do you want me to send it back? Or they, they've never received money back from anyone at any level of government offering to pay tickets for their tickets. I don't think politicians should be given special privileges because they've been elected. If, if the general public doesn't get something, then the individual, then the, the, the government officials shouldn't be giving, given something like that. So I, I feel very strongly that, and I agree that, our, we've been we've been let down by politicians at all levels, federal, state, and local officials. And you know, I, a lot of folks like me are getting involved purely because we believe that our government's broken, and not for any personal, you know, hey, look at me, I'm a city councilman. I, I could care less, honestly. Are you on the central committee? 
No. Uh, do you know people that are, or have you been watching the kind of the, the, the shift on the Central Committee? This is the Republican Central Committee that I'm talking about. Where, sure. And the Central Committee has people that are elected to it. And we kind of saw a little bit of a shift. I mean, a lot of people pulled papers to run for Central Committee spots. Right. Do you think the shift that occurred over there is going to help kind of facilitate more um, <laughs> grassroots types candidates being uh, put into positions where they can start running and have backing of the party and kind of clean things up? That remains to be seen. Uh, it's 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 very easy, and frankly, I'll I'll admit this: it's very easy to criticize. But when you actually get in that position of leadership, you know you see that the pressures that you have, and the folks that all ask you to do something, and they're your friends, and sometimes it's not easy to take that. You have to make a decision, and that decision is going to be criticized publicly by people. So. It remains to be seen if those folks on Central Committee can make a difference. I'm sure they can. There's always new talent and new people that need to be fed into the party. So I think it's very healthy. Um, but once they're in, let's see what happens. So I, I hope you're right, you know, that we're, we're moving in a new direction, in a good direction. I think the Tea Party folks were indicative of that new direction. People are getting involved now that have never been involved before. And I'm, I'm one of them. I've never, been, I've never run for office before. And now I'm involved. So thank goodness to those folks maybe that, that have led us down this path. If you're just joining us, this is the OC Show. I am Cameron Jackson right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We're going to take a quick break. My guest today is Irvine City Council candidate Jeff Lalloway. Uh, when we come back, Jeff, I want to talk about uh, some of the things that you've seen on the Finance Committee, uh, or Commission rather, uh, <laughs> as far as it pertains to the budget and whatnot. And I also want to kind of hear what your vision for the city is and also what, um, you know, how you intend on dealing with the uh, Larry Agron machine once you're elected. So uh, we'll take a quick break, ladies and gentlemen, and when we're back, more with Jeff Lalloway here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is the OC Show. Welcome back to the OC Show with Cameron Jackson. Trepimmer, the opinions and views expressed in the OC Show with Cameron Jackson do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Just remember, ladies and gentlemen, I am your Superman. Always. All right. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the OC Show right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine every Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. If you're just joining us and you want to continue listening once you get outside of your car, you can. You can go to KUCI.org, click in the upper right-hand corner for your streaming audio. Also, you can go to my website, theocshow.net. That is theocshow.net. You can uh, listen to past shows, see what's coming up. I sometimes put little clips on there. There's a neat little clip on there right now. I can't even remember what it is. Oh, it's something. It's a conservative commercial about uh, where the country's headed. It's a good one. You'll like that. So theocshow.net. Uh, last week, I had Christina Shea. She's an Irvine City Councilwoman, termed out, uh, talking about the Great Park and the shenanigans over there. You can listen to that one. This week on the show, I have Irvine City Council candidate, Jeff Lalloway. He's in studio with me today talking about his run for Irvine City Council. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing great. So uh, if you're just joining us, Jeff is an eight-year resident of Irvine. He is not a carpetbagger like uh, Larry Agron's candidate last year or last time around, Todd Gallinger. I love to throw him under the bus whenever I can. By the way, Cameron, a, a footnote on that. You know, when Larry first moved to the city in 1978, within a couple months of moving here, he filed to run and ran for city council. So back in 1978, he didn't live here for even a year yes, before he started to run for city council. But the, but the but the primary difference is that Larry always has to have a candidate that he draws into the fray that's an unknown and young enough to be naive enough to know not know what they're getting themselves into. And that last time, ladies and gentlemen, was Todd Gallinger. So... Enough on that, my friend. Uh, remember, I have been following Irvine politics for about six years now. Um, uh, Jeff is an attorney, a uh, family law attorney? Correct. That's right. And um, 
We've been discussing uh, why he's running for uh, the Irvine City Council in the last half hour, uh, kind of this need to um, do right, because we've been wrong for so many years now with the government officials that we have. And um, he is on the Finance Commission for the city of Irvine, so he's not a stranger to Irvine City politics or the way that Irvine City uh, City Hall business is conducted. And that's one of the things I want to kind of touch on now. As somebody who's on the finance commission you are privy to budget information is that correct all of it and so tell me what is it what do you see on as a finance commission person that we're not getting out in the public that we should know i mean what are some kind of the things that are swirling around there that that aren't really reported on the 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 first thing i'll, I'll tell you is the, is the tremendous waste of money and when i first went through the budget the first budget last year and I saw how much money is actually wasted. And this is just at a local government. I, I can't even imagine at a state and federal level where the budget is $3, billion or $3 trillion or so, how much money, how much taxpayer money, how much hard work folks, good folks, have, have you know, worked and paid their taxes, how much of that money is actually wasted. It's, it's, it's sad. It's so sad. I, I can't even describe it. When, I was when, breathless. When, when you say waste, what would um, what would what are some of the things that s- jump out at you as wasteful? Well, the eye shuttle is a good example, uh, which we talked about about two million dollars. Uh, it just totally thrown down the drain. Secondly, uh, the Gray Park. The money that's wasted there is it's legendary. Uh, it, it's it's sad how you know that money. That's our money. It's not their money. Has been just flush down the toilet well and uh last week on the show when i had christina on uh we discussed the fact that the the city has thrown in well they had like 134 million in the shell game there and then another 200 million that lennar gave us and of those of those numbers we're down to about 20 million now uh is 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 where are we going to get more money i mean the the budget i'm looking at the budget just for the great park here I mean, we've got for government consultants almost ten million dollars, uh, park board salaries and benefits four million, entertainment one point seven million, legal fees one million, uh, PR rides a million, balloon PR rides a million, a visitor center almost a million. Par- I, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. But I don't see anything in here for construction, and uh, the biggest number is for government consultants. Yeah, they hire a lot of folks over there to help them. <laughs> what? I, but what? What's going on? There, there, there are no bid contracts to, and payoffs to political friends. Frankly, quite a bit of it. Uh, the consultants. How, how many no bid contracts are we talking over there? Um, does, almost, almost all of them, if not all of them, are no bid contracts. And, and, what, and when you say no bid contract, explain what that is to a listener and give us an example of what a no bid contract would be on. Uh, a no bid contract would be on any part of the construction over there. Any engineering firm or any anyone who's done any work over there they originally were hired by a group not by the city and their rationale for keeping them on is because well they've they've been here so let's keep them on but the only reason they were initially hired is because the, another entity a private entity decided to hire them so they've never gone through the vetting process they've never actually had to we've never determined whether they're the low cost provider so we don't even have a we can't even conceptualize how much money We've wasted because these contracts have never been bid upon. And uh, when you talk about the no-bid contracts, is that just in relation to the Great Park, or does the city as well have no-bid contracts that they do a lot of business with as well? city has plenty of no-bid contracts. I'll give you one example. Uh, recently, the city received $2.8 million in stimulus money. Uh, and you want to talk about wasting stimulus money. They decided to replace lights at Harvard Field that worked perfectly fine. Those lights at Harvard worked perfectly fine, but they wanted to replace them. They got this money. As long as they used it, they could then receive the money. So they had to come up with some projects to use it on, and they decided to replace the lights at Harvard Field. And last time I checked, last time I rode my bike last Sunday, they were sitting out there ready to be installed. No need to replace them. They're just sitting there, and they're going to replace perfectly good lights. Uh, (laughs) uh, Um. I'm at a loss. Of all the things that they that they could have used stimulus money for, they used it on lights. There was nothing else. Well, there's a couple other projects, but that's one that sticks out in my mind is a, a complete waste. And did they put a bid process out for that? No, or no, that? no. That that's that my point was that that was the prior uh, lighting company 
they just said, well, we've used them here for the past 20 years, so let's just continue to use them. So they didn't put that contract out for bid either. So how is it then that Irvine City Council is able to just kind of get away with doing all these no-bid contracts? I mean, what, what's the dynamic there? Uh, how are they able to get around it? Well, they, they just say we need these. And we, on the Finance Commission a few months ago, we actually asked that question. We said, why is it that there's so many no-bid contracts? And we sat through a city presentation which explained to us the no-bid contract procedure. And I still disagree with it. And it basically is if someone in the city staff can make the determination that this is the best provider and they're unique in some way, in, in almost any way, then the city can rationalize just using this uh, provider. And they're called sole source. By the way, government's very good at using uh, you know, interesting little uh, names and acronyms for things. And one of them, instead of no bid, it's sole source, by the way. Sole source. <laughs> Sounds like a sore source to me. Um, now, recently, we've had, as far as the finance is concerned, where are we at as far as our budget is concerned? Do we have a, are we running on a deficit now? We had a contingency fund. Is that still available to us? Where are we at? Well, the, the contingency money was there uh, it, it, during the good years. We built it up in fairness to the, to the council. They built it up, and they, you know, they did a good job building it up, and I would suggest it's because the city had way more revenue than it did, could even know what to spend its money on. So it put that money in contingency, and it was used up. But they've, they've closed out certain projects. They've uh, taken money that was loaned to other you know, government entities. It's a, another long story. And they've also taken money from other funds and put it back in the contingency. So they filled it back up. Now this year we're going to use that contingency and basically use it all up. So after this year, the city uh, more or less runs out of money. And there will have to be severe cuts unless there's a dramatic increase in revenue, which, you know, I'm no economist, but I would suggest that we're not going to see a dramatic increase in, in revenue. Why is the city moving? Uh, well, I, I guess you can't answer this. You're on the Finance Commission. Well, what is the rationale for moving forward with any new projects or anything new over at the Great Park? How come we can't put this stuff on hold and, and, and start pairing things back? Why, I mean, why is the iShuttle so important? Why is... Uh, having somebody come to your house and help you fill out an insurance form, why that's something that we do here in Irvine. Why is that it's so important? How come we can't cut those things back? Uh, the council majority needs to be changed in order to cut those things back. And that's what I'm running, uh, why I'm running, to change that. Well, you know, since you, you've brought that up, you know, it would still just be two to three. Uh, are you are you Are you prepared to do the... You, you know, to to do the Christina Shea, Stephen Choi Stonewall uh, where you can. And, and, I mean, how do you kind of tactically see yourself moving into that position and making a difference in the city? Because it's very difficult with the Agron crew. I mean, they're, they're all going to vote. It's a five-person five council. There are three. You guys are two. How do you see that working for you? Uh, w well, frankly, it's one step at a time. Let me get elected first. But... Uh you know, we'll, we'll see. Nothing here is forever, and uh, things change. And I, I assure you, things will change. I don't know what my role will be. I, I just want to get elected first. What, um, what's your vision for the city? What do you, I mean, if you could, uh, and you've got plenty of time to, to talk about it here, what, what do you see um, your main goals coming into this job being? What do you want to accomplish? Uh, we talked about the schools. I want to make sure the schools are top-notch for the kids. I have, you know, a little little girl in school, one about to go into school. Uh, I also want to make sure that Irvine stays safe. Irvine is a, our police force does a fantastic job, and, and the citizens make this a safe city. You know, it's not completely because of the police. They're an absolutely critical component of that, but the, the residents here make it a safe city, and I want to make, make sure it stays a safe city. Uh, with the budget cuts... You know, and they've just signed a new contract with the police force for three years with no raises and no increases at all. Uh, you know, I want to make sure the police stay happy. I really do. Uh, I want to I bring transparency and accountability to government. I want to make sure that Irvine isn't the laughing stock anymore in Orange County. We've, we've, you know, been kind of ostracized by much of the community, much of Orange County and much of South, Southern California because of our leadership. Uh, and I want to bring accountable, transparent, open government to the city of Irvine. 
That's a very difficult thing to do in Irvine. Uh, I, I mean, it, it seems to me that, you know, even if, as at the Finance Commission level, do you have difficulties finding information at the Finance Commission level where you're at now? Yeah, I, um, I'll give you a good example. When, uh, when initially the city school budget came up and I saw that they were $20 million uh, upside down, I made a proposal that the city cut $5 million in funding, and part of it would be the, the uh, $2 million for the iShuttle, but make $5 million in cuts and take that $5 million in savings and give it to the schools and to help the schools in a one-time uh, uh, you know, a grant to them to make sure that class size wasn't increased, that they didn't cut out any important, important areas of, of, uh, of the school, like, like arts program they were looking to cut. At that point, uh, this Suki decided to take that issue. That's the mayor now, Suki That's, King. Yes, the mayor. And he agendized and got a $1 million uh, education matching grant, a challenge grant, for the city uh, schools. Uh, I wanted to agendize that issue and bring it up in the Finance Commission and have folks talk about it. It's a finance issue. You know, giving money to schools is a finance issue. Uh, Suki directed the city manager not to let the finance commission even discuss it. And it's on the tape. He brought it up in city council because Christina wanted to have us discuss it at, at city council, at the, excuse me, at the finance commission. And Suki would not allow us to discuss it, which I, I find, frankly, rather disgusting that the finance commission couldn't discuss a finance issue when that's our role. And he said, well, we're inevitably here to vote on things, not the Finance Commission. Then what's our role? Then just disband us if we don't have a role in this process. So I was very upset at that. But you, you talk about uh, open and transparent government. That's certainly not it. When I go down and I ask for, uh, let's say I wanted to get a piece of budget information from uh, uh, the city. Let's say I wanted to find out what they're spending money on for the iShuttle. Would I, am I privy to the same information that, like Larry Agron has about the iShuttle? I mean, do I get a down-to-the-dollar, down-to-the-cent kind of breakdown, or do they just say, well, we spent uh, $2.3 uh, million on it, and there you go? You know, I don't know the answer to that question, whether they give you the same information, but I'm happy to give you any information you need. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I, I'll take it at that, I guess. Um, one of the things that you wrote here, I'm looking at your, your new leadership for Irvine. This is on your website here. And uh, by the way, you don't have your issues up yet on your website. So Not yet. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> um, you talk about the uh, current plan to add 25,000 low-income housing units and that that must be fought. That's what the Board of Governors, is that correct, that, that instated that and said that we have to do that here in Irvine? How, explain what that is and, and how you think, uh, if you get elected, that you'll deal with that. Well, the, the Southern California Association of Governments, right, that's what governments uh, which Irvine is a member of, uh, made a decision that Irvine would have 35,000 total new units, and of, of that 35,000, 25,000 would be low-income housing units, which was a vastly disproportionate amount for the city of Irvine relative to the other communities. They really screwed us, frankly. And uh, there was a court case the city uh, did sue uh, to try to overturn that decision, and we lost... Uh, I would suggest that the city really is not unhappy with that decision about the 25,000 low-income housing units. And I don't think they've done everything in their power to prevent that. Why, I, I, why aren't they unhappy about that? Well, it, it, I would, it's probably a natural constituency for, for uh, the liberal Democrat majority, perhaps. Uh, yeah, but don't they realize that one of the reasons that Irvine is a safe city is because we don't have ghettos? And, and uh, listen, I'm a cop. I worked in a ghetto for three years down in San Diego. I know what a ghetto is, right? We don't have ghettos in Irvine. And the reason we don't have ghettos in Irvine is because we don't have a block of housing that's just all poor people, right? I mean, that's how you keep a city safe. You don't, well, yeah, you keep poor people out. Thank you very much. I mean, we have poor people in Irvine, but the way that we've done it, we've done it smart. We sprinkle it throughout the, the community. So there's a little bit of low-income housing in my community, for instance. But the majority of it isn't, and that's how they do it, and that's how Irvine has stayed nice. Are you telling me that they want to reverse that and let that just slide and just have just say, to, to hell with it, we're going we're gonna to let a ghetto pop up, no big deal, let's bring in the gangs and the drugs and the crime that's associated with all that? Sure looks like it, doesn't it? 
Where are they going to build that? I don't want to live anywhere near there. Right next to your house. <laughs> yeah, those bastards. I knew it. Um, what about then the... Now, if you get elected, though, you get a, a seat on the Great Park Board. Is that correct? Aren't I lucky? All right. So uh, if if for some reason... Let's, let's just throw a hypothetical out there then because the perfect world isn't here right now. But let's say that Larry Agron loses this time around and another conservative gets put in this position which i can't imagine happening in irvine but let's just say that all of a sudden it switches so that you've got a conservative majority and the liberal uh, minority and um, you could actually enact some real change um, what kinds of things would you do right off the bat as far, and this relates not just to the way the city runs but as far as the great park is concerned as well well, again, I, I, would, I would work as a better partner with the schools, and the first thing, the second thing I would do uh, is clean up the Great Park. I mean, that is just, it, it's, it's truly a cesspool over there. Um, I would f- go back, and, and there was an audit conducted last year of the first contract with the Great Park, and it showed massive, massive uh, potential fraud, up, up 10 to 15% potential fraud in the first contract. There were timesheets that were submitted, and they have to submit. They have to submit timesheets. The contractors and consultants there, some were submitted blank, with eight hours. Some were submitted with planning for eight hours. Just literally, just made up and paid. Uh, and I, I, I do timesheets. That's you know how many lawyers, you know, we get paid. And if I submitted a timesheet that was blank to a client with eight hours, uh, they'd probably sue me. So I want to have a full forensic audit done of that contract, of that first contract, which again was closed out in 2007, to see if there were, were if there's any way we can we, we can recover any of that money that was spent on the first contract, and if any of those officials or those contractors and consultants rather that worked on that contract are still here and still working, you know they stole money from us and now they're still here. I mean that's that's an absurd situation. Uh, I also want to make sure I want to see the park built. I don't want to see money go to my friends, money go for no big contracts. I want to see the park built. I am not a park critic. I'm a critic of Agron and his policies and the majority and their policies, but I am not a critic of the park. I want to see it be built. How's that going to get done? The city needs to be a very good partner with Lennar. And we can criticize Lennar, and they've made their mistakes, and as, it, as have everyone in this situation. But we need to be a better partner, and, and that means you know, helping them get their project completed. I know now they currently have 4,600 homes. I, frankly, I don't know what that number is. But well, they're talking about boosting that all the way up to, what, 10,000, 12,000. Uh, would you be uh, willing in order to get the revenue, because that's why I'm hearing they want 12,000 homes over there now, to be able to get the revenue to pay for the Great Park. Is that something that you're for, to allow 12,000 homes in that area? I mean, I, it seems like an absurdly huge number to me. Yeah, I don't know what the right number is. I really don't. I've not studied it. I'm not on the Planning Commission, so I've not studied the maps to know what the correct number is. I do believe, though, as a Republican, I do believe in private property rights, and I believe in business and development. I'm not afraid to build. You know, we can't, I, uh, to criticize some folks, you know, they want to be the last one in the community and then lock the door. I don't think that's fair. And one of the ways that you keep housing affordable is to keep building. If you stop building, the, the price is just going to go up and up, and we're never going to have affordable housing in Irvine, which we do need, because you need folks that, you know, actually can work and not just own things here. So I am in favor of helping, you know, be a, be a better partner with Lennar also. Um, and How getting the it? park built. I, I don't know what that number is, though, and I, I really... When you say better partner with Lennar, what, what does that mean? Because I, I, how have we not been a good partner with Lennar? I mean, they gave us 200 million dollars, and we gave them the land, and, well, they bought the land, I guess. But, I mean, yeah. how do we become a better partner with Lennar? Well, they've spent $850 million just buying the land, and they spent millions now uh, in, you know, trying to help the backbone infrastructure, and they're obligated to do it, and I, I know they will, um, but... You know, we we need to make sure that their project is that this, the community development department and the public's works works with them and gets their project completed and doesn't put up roadblocks if they need homes and they need things, com- you know, the the, the uh, runways smashed up and you know they're still there. What? But we need to we need to get it built with them and we can't put up roadblocks. 
So, you know, much of the city, from my understanding, has put up a lot of roadblocks to Lennar's development. You know, that brings a smile to your face. Yeah, huh? well, you know, it's, it's funny. I, many years ago, I had Chris Mears on the show when he was still a council person. And he was talking about the great parks and the trees. And, the, and, he, and he said, he goes, trust me, the day that they break those uh, runways apart, it will be the second coming of Christ for, for Larry Hagren. And, and I'm like, well, no wonder we haven't seen the second coming of Christ yet. Those, those runways are still there. <laughs> so anyway, when everybody says that the, the, the runways are still there, it makes me laugh. And they, they just used them for the air show that they had during the uh, fifth anniversary of the park which is amazing. They're actually celebrating that it's been five years and nothing's been built nothing over there. Nothing's been done. But they used them for the air show. And so, you know, I, you may never see them uh, ripped up, unfortunately. And, and, and to be clear, to back up for a point I just made, I'm not for giving Lennar the house and giving the keys. Right, right. But, you know, it, it, they, 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 they did buy it. They, they won the, the, you know, the, uh, the auction. So, we, you know, we need to figure out a way to work with them. I don't think it's in anyone's best interest to have Lennar go away and have tumbleweeds blowing through that area for the next 20 years. But are, are, you, are you amicable to the idea that if we can't pay for it right now, that it's okay to slow down on this because it seems to me that w- one of the things that that Larry and crew are doing over there is they're rushing this process. Uh, I mean, just we look at the the I mean, they're spending 10 million dollars this year on government consultants. Why can't we pare that back and have no government consultants this year? Can we just not spend any money on it and maybe regroup on this thing? I mean, why this continue they got the land it's not going anywhere why do we need the continual well push? it's been a situation of hurry up and wait now because we've spent all the money in a very short period very short period of time but now they're out of money there is no money after this round of construction which is the three soccer fields a big grassy field there is no money to build anything so i hope this, the residents but are you amicable to the idea of once you get in of saying hey it's okay to hold off and to maybe chill out a little bit and and find some sources of revenue. We don't need to keep pushing so much on this until we've kind of brought ourselves back together. Because it just seems like it's di- in disarray to me right now. Yeah. Well, the construction contracts have already they're already proceeding. Uh, you know, on the, the soccer fields. On the soccer fields. So, so I, you know, I don't think that could even be stopped. Uh, even if I had the votes, I don't know if you could actually stop it. But you know, I like to have soccer fields there. It's okay, right? You know, it's we're actually spending money on on building something rather than just you know paying consultants and contractors to do nothing. Uh, so I'm okay with that. But again, after this, you, know, you say slow down. Well, yeah, we're going to slow down because there's nothing else to build. There's no money. <laughs> so I hope everyone understands. You can go over there and have some parties and dances and movies, but that's it. There's you know you might play soccer, but don't expect a whole lot else over there. If you're just joining us, this is the OC Show right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I am Cameron Jackson, your host. My guest today is Irvine City Council candidate Jeff Lalloway. Jeff, uh, we're coming down here to the final stretch of your grilling here for the past hour. Whew, I'm uh, sweating over here. No, you're doing fine. <laughs> uh, and I don't have enough. I don't. You know, you haven't been around long enough for me to really have any good nitty gritty on you. So, um, but. For the listener, um, if they're just joining us, just kind of sum up what your vision is for the city, uh, where you'd like to see things, and, and why we should give you your our vote. What what makes you different than anybody else? Well, again, I want to keep the schools number one. I want to keep the city safe, uh, and I I, I want to make it. It's the people's government again. I want to make it part of what is about us as Irvine residents. Which you know, we don't need secrecy. We don't need to have our political friends you know, given the the keys to the city. I want to have transparency, and I don't want to have the, the way of life that we've had right now with, you know, Larry Agron in charge and just everyone else just sit down and shut up, and he'll do what he wants, and, you know, you're going to have to, to, to listen to him. And uh, I think... Uh, of all the things that you've said today, one of the things I find comforting is the fact that you were a U.S. attorney that actually helped prosecute corruption cases. So you kind of have some uh, idea of uh, how these things work. Am yeah, we had, we had some interesting government corruption cases. Yeah, there, I, I would suggest to you much of Irvine is a pretty straightforward government corruption case. Outstanding. <laughs> Outstanding. Where are the feds when you need them? <laughs> right? Don't we have a fed unit now? That's, uh... And the other interesting thing about Jeff here, too, that I, that I find fascinating is y- you are actually a Category 1 cyclist. <laughs> you are like a, a stud cyclist. Was. Please. 
was. Well, yeah, but you probably, st- I mean, it's still, you got deep legs, I'm sure. You can probably get on the bike and, and tear it up a little bit. No, old ladies pass me now. It's pretty depressing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, anyway. Uh, Jeff, now, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? My website is probably the easiest way, lalloway4irvine2010.com. Uh, all my contact information is there. We're, you know, this is an election we're going to win. Uh, I'm raising money. I was three to one, three and a half to one, had more money than any other city candidate. Uh, the roll of the dice also, there's, I think, six or seven other candidates on the ballot. The roll of the dice, I'm number one listed at the top. So that'll be a tremendous, you'll be able to see me right at the top of the ballot. So I'll be, you know, uh, the first one you'll see. I also need volunteers. We're looking, I have committed to knocking on every door of the, of every single home in the city of Irvine. So we're, 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 you know, out there talking to folks. If people want to contact me, and I've talked to thousands of Irvine residents, and I love it hearing what people are upset about and what they, what their vision of the city is. And on that note, too, are people are people tuned in to the Agron machine now? The ones that you're talking to, or are they still clueless as to what's going on? Some folks are. I think they get it. I think they know what's happened over there. I think they know what's happened. He's been around a long time. I mean, he's been around since 1978. So, you know, those folks that have been here a long time, they're on to his act. Uh, and, I, and I think they do get it. And I, and I hope they do get it. Well, I hope they come and they vote. My goodness, how long does it have to take? We'll get him to the polls. Oh, my God. All right. Jeff Lalloway, thank you very much. If, uh, and you can also just Google his name, Jeff Lalloway. It's L-A-L-L-O-W-A-Y. Right? I got That's it. Right. Good. Wow. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, thank you again for coming in. It's been my pleasure. It really has. Thank you, sir. Don't go anywhere because I want to talk to you. All right. Hold on. Let me turn that off. Let me get this going because, uh, what is it? It's time to go. Yes, it is time to go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you've been listening to the greatest radio show in all of Orange County. That's right, the OC Show right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Coming up next, it is uh, half and half, Melky Melodic Rock. So uh, you'll enjoy that. We'll see you all next week again. The show will be posted later on tonight, theocshow.net. Have a good one. See you next week. Bye-bye.